0: Hey friends, welcome to episode number 88 with Emily Freeman. Now today we're talking about how to embrace small moment living in a fast moving world. And I have to say the fall is the best time to hear this message the best time because I don't know about you guys, but with school going on and the holidays are just around the corner and it's about to be fall and all the football season and all the things that that entails, the world does feel like it's moving very, very fast. And the idea of embracing those small moments and creating space for our soul to breathe, it just deeply resonates with me and I hope it does for you as well. But before we jump into our chat today with Emily, I want to say a huge thank you to our show sponsor and that's Plan to Eat. And I mean, I just love this website. y'all. Today I did a whole bunch of batch cooking. I made a, a bunch of breakfast burritos. That's, there's some alliteration for you. And it just makes it so easy because I can adjust the recipe amount on the fly, in my car, in the parking lot, and it adjusts my shopping list automatically for me so handy and i have to say if you've never tried batch cooking i definitely recommend it your future self will so thank you for the effort of making double of whatever you were planning on making this evening anyway and if you want to check out plan to eat you can just go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action and also if you want to get just a jump start on the whole process of getting set up in plan to eat which is actually pretty easy But if you just want me to walk you through it and give you some tips and tricks, go to mealplanningbootcamp.com where I've created a whole bunch of videos for you that will just take you, you know, step-by-step through the whole process and help you get it set up as quickly as you possibly can. So those uh, websites, again, are plan2eat.com forward slash inspired to action and mealplanningbootcamp.com. Now, I also want to give a quick shout out for the next episode of the podcast. Some of you may know that this year we're doing an interesting schooling situation at my house. We are homeschooling and public schooling and (laughs) private schooling. We are doing the whole gamut of educational opportunities other than just letting our kids roam wild and free. And I'm going to be talking all about that, how we came to those decisions, what's working, what isn't in the next episode of the podcast. So be sure to check that out. All right, then, let's jump into our chat today with Emily Freeman. Hey, Emily, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing very well, and I am very excited to talk to you. I was actually just thinking about you the other day because my kids went on this old video spree. And one of their favorite videos is from when I went to the Philippines and you were there with compassion. (laughs) And there's a video when we convinced one of the waiters, I guess, that was helping us in our conference room where we were writing our blog post to eat balut. Oh, the balut. Yes. Have you ever seen that video? I try to avoid that video. (laughs) And I think
1: about that regularly and gross myself out.
0: Yeah, well my kids like to watch it and gross themselves <laughs> out and gross friends out and you're especially memorable in the video because you you like had a sweater on or something and then you pull it over your head <laughs> because you were so grossed out by what was happening. So, I think I want to do that right now. Pull over. <laughs> it was just shocking. For those of you listening, if you don't know what balut is, it is a Filipino delicacy and it's basically from what I understand a fully formed baby duck chicken some sort Mm. of critter like that but it's in the (laughs) shell and so the the waiter you know peeled it and then he like sucked the juice out and then he kept peeling it and i did not realize that it was you know so duck looking like
1: (laughs) i mean yeah the crunch i still remember crunch that's that was the
0: part where we died we all died my kids couldn't my kids kept commenting and i think actually in the video several people comment they're like he's still chewing (laughs) because he chewed for like forever forever anyway so no one's eating lunch right now i hope not but you know i might need to add the balut video to the show notes because if you have any little boys they're just gonna love it i mean Mm. at least mine does because he likes gross (laughs) things so okay That actually, though, is not the topic of our podcast today. We are not talking about balut or any sort of Filipino delicacies. We are talking about Emily's new book, and it's called Simply Tuesday. And, you know, I've had you on the podcast before, um, and I know you really well. But I would love, Emily, for you to just introduce yourselves to the listeners a little bit this morning. Sure. Well, I am Emily P. Freeman. (laughs) It's always awkward to introduce yourself.
1: Um, So I've been married to my husband, John, for 14 years now. We have three kids. We have twin girls, Ava and Stella, who are going into middle school. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what I'm going to do. But kids, they're growing up. That's what they're supposed to do, right? Um, And then we have a son, and he's going into third grade. So life is very full these days with um, there's, you know, planning for school, getting ready for school to start. It's really fun. This is actually my fourth book, which is crazy because when I wrote my first book, um, it was sort of like not an accident. I'm not going to go that far, but it just was unexpected. I didn't really – I had sort of an idea. John was a youth pastor at the time. He was served as a youth pastor for about 12 years, and I thought, well, this is just something I'm going to do with the girls in my youth group, but – one thing led to another. I ended up writing a book proposal for it, and it turned into my first book, Grace for the Good Girl. And so um, I honestly, Kat, thought that was going to be my my only book. Um, then I wrote a book for teen girls, and that, I thought, well, that's my only two books. And now here I am. Um, I've written four, which isn't really a lot in the scheme of a lot of authors' lives, but it's four more than I thought
0: I would ever write.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of fun.
0: I, I love it. And you know, what's so funny as I remember when you were writing that very first book and my kids were really little. And then when you wrote the, the one for, for teen girls and, I was, and it's so crazy to me now that my girls are old enough that like they're the target age just about yes. for that book. And isn't that why I felt like they were so little back when you were first writing that first one. Me too. Because uh, I forget that our kids are the same ages pretty much. Um, you just approach it. You the two girls are approaching middle school, and then your son's in third grade, and that's the same as my kids. Well, there you go. So, yeah. you Too you're, bad they don't live closer. I know, I know. We can. We will just have to commiserate in the trauma of having. <laughs> uh, are your girls teenagers yet, or are they still tweens?
1: Oh, they're just eleven. They're just yeah. eleven.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I do. I have one thirteen-year-old, and I, then I have an eleven-year-old. So, oh yeah. So, um, moving on from talking about teenagers, um, that's a whole episode, I think, in and of <laughs> itself. Um, but so the new book, Simply Tuesday, you know, it's just so funny that I'm we're talking about it today because, you know, in the, on the back of the book, it talks about, you know, for it says for those being pulled under by the strong current of expectation, comparison and hurry, relief is found more in our small moments than in our fast movements. And it, it just cracked me up that whole sentence there, because that sort of completely describes the last 30 minutes of my life as I was getting ready <laughs> for this interview. And, you know, it's just I think. You just really hit the nail on the head, especially when it comes to moms. The ideas of expectation and comparison and hurry, uh, and then just the idea that everything is found just in the small moments and in really savoring the the pace of life that we can have. What kind of prompted you to write this book? You
1: know, this book um, has been a long time coming for me. For for first of all, it's called Simply Tuesday, and Tuesday has always been kind of a special day for me ever since college, um, which sounds weird, but one of my favorite singer-songwriters, Sarah Mason. You know Sarah Mason.
0: I loved Sarah Mason. Yes, I love does Sarah she Mason. still make music? I don't even know.
1: I think she's definitely still makes music. I don't know that she makes albums right okay, now. Okay, got it. But she's a mama and she's living in Nashville and is making her art in other ways. But I do know that one of her first, um, I think it was on her self-titled album. Um, there was a song called Tuesday. And in it, the lyric um, said, Tuesday after a reckless and used day, I was running and running without a chance to stop and chat at the sky. Mm -hmm. And that obviously, um, if anyone knows the title of my blog, it's Chatting at the Sky. And so that's kind of where 10 years ago when I started a blog, it was inspired by that Little piece of lyric in that song Tuesday um, because I could so relate with the girl running and running without a chance to stop. I think a lot of us can relate. And I loved that she named that song Tuesday because I think it's during the Tuesdays of our lives when we're sort of that's if you want to figure out what is my life really about, just look at your Tuesdays and you can kind of see what do I do on Tuesday because it's not the weekend and it's not Sunday and it's not Friday. Um, It's just sort of a regular. Day and so the fact that she chose that to be Tuesday, I think that became a metaphor for me for sort of our everyday lives. So, for years on the blog, um, this was maybe back in 2009, maybe I started a um, uh, sort of a meme or a link up on Tuesdays called Tuesdays Unwrapped. And it was during that time where I just my kids were really little, like yours were, and um, it was sort of like you know how people always say oh, the days are long, but the years are short Uh to to young moms. And and as a young mom at that time, I was kind of like, yeah, but the days feel really long. (laughs) (laughs) Like that is definitely that. Counts. (laughs) And so um, I just decided to, in those long days, one day I, I took up my camera and I just sort of took a picture every hour, I think that day. And I posted them on the blog and it sort of turned into this hey, everyone, we're all in this together. Let's decide to celebrate these small moments, lovely, messy, and unexpected though they may be. And let's share them with one another and just sort of be in this together. And so it was several years of sort of celebrating those small moments weekly every Tuesday on the blog. Um, After a while, I didn't do the link up anymore. I think like I couldn't figure out how to get the Mr. Linky to work or something (laughs) weird. Um, But now we do it on Instagram and we use uh, the hashtag It's Simply Tuesday. Um, And it's way easier because I love Instagram. It's like my favorite platform ever. Um, And so we all share photos there. And it's such a beautiful feed to just sort of see those small moments of everyday living. But I'd never really thought that would be a whole book. I just thought that was something to sort of keep me surviving and keep me sane. Um, But after I'd written three books and sort of got, I don't want to say totally caught up in this hurry up and hustle mentality, Mm -hmm. um, but kind of. And I feel like I have um, sort of trained myself to maybe produce and hustle and ship in a way that maybe my soul isn't naturally made to do. I think that My soul and my schedule, they don't follow the same rules, but sometimes I try to apply my schedule rules, like get this done, hurry, hurry, produce, produce. When they start to seep into my soul, that's when I get into trouble. And so I really wanted to dive into this whole, what does it look like to celebrate my smallness, um, not just on Tuesday, just on my ordinary day, but in every aspect of my life, in my work, with my family, in my home, in my own soul, and as I make plans for the future.
0: So how did you do that? How did you start that process? Because, you know, as you said, you'd already written three books, and you have a blog, and you have Hopology, um, and and you just have a lot going on. How did you start focusing on that and make that transition?
1: Slowly. (laughs) And I'm still doing that. I think... um, I'm I'm such a big fan of of metaphors and of visuals and of story to sort of ground me and to I sort of attach meaning maybe sometimes overly <laughs> um, to things in my life that I see. One of those things is um, we have some benches in our cul-de-sac, and this was years ago when we moved into our cul-de-sac. There's about seven homes in the little cul-de-sac, and in, in the middle there's a grassy area. Um, our John's brother. And his family lived two doors down, so they also live on the cul de sac. And we all had kids around the same age. And when we first moved in, we would spend a lot of time out there playing, and they would ride their bikes around, and um, and we would pull out lawn chairs or blankets and sit and watch them. Until one day, when John's mom um, was with us and was there, and she was sort of like, "Wouldn't it be great if we had a few a bench in the middle of the cul de sac that we could sit on, so we wouldn't have to always pull out chairs and watch the kids play?" Um, and so one day, she pulled up uh, with a bench in the back of her car. And she put it out there. And a few days later, one of the neighbors liked it so much that she bought a matching bench and put it out there. And so now we had these two, uh, a set of benches in the middle of our cul-de-sac, like we had a little living room out there. And um, what's fun is that it's not just us that use it. It's sort of a community, a communal bench area. Um, And I noticed one, one afternoon I was making dinner and I noticed several of our neighbors who are older, maybe 70s early 80s walk out of their doors and meet at the benches together almost like they had called one another and said hey let's meet at the benches in the cul-de-sac and so they did and i got curious walked outside checked the mail chatted with them a little bit and realized that they weren't like solving the world's problems they were just simply sitting together and um, being community being neighbors talking about regular things i walked inside finished making dinner But I looked at the clock and noticed that they stayed out there for nearly an hour. And I thought, look at that. I've never seen them do that before. They've never, I've seen them chat for a couple of minutes, maybe outside, but never for an hour. And I realized that the benches didn't give them something to talk about. It wasn't some newfangled solution to a difficult problem or everyone, here's the bit. We didn't have a program that said, this is what you're supposed to do, everyone. You're supposed to come out and talk. And this is what these are for. No, they knew what it was for. It was simply benches. They were there for community. They were there for connection. And they knew what to do with those benches. And I thought, you know, that's what I'm doing with my writing is I hope to not try to create something new all the time and have this pressure of of performing and building and dazzling everyone with my words. Rather, I just want to offer a bench for people to come sit on in a way that maybe is entering into a conversation that's already happening. It's not something new. It's not something amazing. I think sometimes I get caught up in thinking that I have to outperform the world in order to be noticed or whatever. But just the, that simple image of my neighbor sitting on a bench um, helped me in my work. But then as I thought about ways it applied to the rest of my life, I thought, all those times when I'm trying so hard to build a ladder to the top, what if instead I tore the ladder apart and used the wood to build a bench?
0: I love that. That's so good. And I've seen you talk about the idea of a bench so often just on social media and on your blog. And it's so remarkable to me, really how something so simple can create such community and and, and bring people together. Um, so in, in your book, you have um, five different sections. And, you know, you were talking about wanting to create that branch to ha- get people talking about things. What are those five sections? And what are you hoping that people are going to learn from them?
1: Well, the sections are and it's so funny, when you organize a book, it's like you could The sky's the limit. You know, you feel like you could do it any which way. But as I thought about my own smallness, what it means to not despise my smallness, but to celebrate it, I thought about those areas in my life that I most need to remember my smallness, most need to find a bench to sit on, and um, especially the times where it's most difficult. And so um, the parts are—the first is discovering our Tuesday home and um, finding— where are those benches that I'm maybe trying to avoid in my own home, my own place where I make my life every day? Um, next is embracing our Tuesday work, finding our Tuesday people, accepting our Tuesday soul, and then seeing beyond Tuesday. Thinking about um, how do we how do we maintain this place of sitting on a bench and celebrating our smallness, even as we look into the future and, and maybe make big plans, even, um, but knowing that it's it's Christ's presence with us um, as we just take one one simple step forward.
0: So what what's important about celebrating smallness? What 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 inspired you with that idea? And and how can we? I mean, it's a, it's a good phrase, but for those listening who haven't read the book yet, what does that mean?
1: That's a great question. I didn't know what that meant. Um, I didn't, but I think I well, it was during a time for me when I was, I think I had maybe written a million little ways. Maybe it wasn't out yet, but I was sort of in this weird, twisty place where I was. Um, kind of discovering my own voice, discovering my own calling in a way. Um, the kids were growing, and John was sort of had some questions about his own future Where at the church where we worked. Basically, I had a lot of questions, and I was really wanting a big picture. I wanted someone to say, okay, Emily, step way back. Here's the big picture of your life, and here's here's what you can do to sort of take the next steps forward. That's what I was longing for. I think a lot of people can maybe relate to wishing that they had some clarity in some areas. So I did what any natural, sane person would do, I went to talk to a counselor, <laughs> and he was a um I say that as a joke, but he really was a counselor and a mentor for our for us, a family friend, and I sort of explained what I just told you that I'm just kind of having lots of questions and I'm insecure about my own writing, and maybe I shouldn't do this, and maybe this isn't worth it, and blah blah blah. So I sort of explained all that to him, and he listened very kindly, and I'll never forget what he said. he's the one who said to me, um Emily." What would it look like for you to celebrate your smallness? And it was such a strange phrase because when I think about smallness, I don't know about you, but to me, it tends to be more negative words that come to mind like, oh, my jeans are too small, or this house is too small, or, my closet's too small, or oh, they said those words to me and I felt about this big. You know, when you're in a new situation or you feel rejected or ignored or overlooked, small is kind of how you feel. And that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, but there's also another kind of smallness that I think uh, also comes to mind is, for example, when I'm standing next to the ocean. I always feel very small, but I think maybe everyone would agree that that's kind of a really lovely kind of small, that that it's something that we want to lean into and embrace and bottle up and take with us. Because it's almost like when you're standing there in nature, whether it's on top of a mountain or looking up at the stars or, like I said, standing at the beach – It feels like, oh, I'm not in control. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm not in control. And so I think when this mentor friend said this to me, celebrate your smallness, part of me reacted in um, defense like, that's ridiculous. But the other part of me was deeply relieved because to think that I don't have to turn and run from my smallness and find something bigger and grow and make myself known or explain myself or manage outcomes, to think that I can sit down on the inside, on the bench in my soul, if you will, and celebrate that small place where Christ is with me and within me, um, it brings great relief. And I think that as I think about those areas, my work, my home, my soul, um, people in my life, and then making plans for the future— when I think of it through the filter of celebrating my smallness rather than running from it, it's like I want to I breathe in a deep breath. I know it's kind of nebulous maybe uh, saying all this, but I think that when something happens, um, we can all relate to that small feeling and we always have this split second choice. Am I going to lean into the smallness and know that Christ is with me or am I going to run from it and try to create meaning for myself?
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's something that so many moms can relate to. How have you celebrated smallness in your home and as a mom? Um,
1: Well, it's funny. Greensboro, the town where I live in North Carolina, is um, I never intended to settle down here. I sort of thought I went to college here and I thought, oh, this is going to be a stepping stone to the next thing. Um, And I always just sort of thought I was going to move on from this kind of regular town. There's nothing spectacular about it, really, um, in the scheme of things when you look on the outside. but it's funny, I've lived here now 17 years, and it's been sort of a Tuesday place for me. There's, It's not really this giant city, um, but that's one way that I have sort of – it's only been in the last maybe five years or so that I've realized, oh, Greensboro's home. <laughs> this, is, this is actually where I'm staying. I think sometimes I had this idea that maybe John and I would move to a city, and it would be something more, quote-unquote, important or bigger. Or we'd be doing this big thing. Um, but that's one way the actual – my literal home – um, I've had to sort of embrace, like, this is where we are. And, I, and I'm learning to see my own town with new eyes. Um, and I think the cul-de-sac benches have helped me do that a lot. Um, what else was your question? You said as a mom. Mm-hmm. I think one thing um, for me, this um, thinking about Tuesdays and looking around on my Tuesdays has really helped me. It's been a really practical thing for me. Um, I keep a – have you ever heard of the bullet journal?
0: I have. I think I actually, you wrote some deep moving post (laughs) on Instagram and my comment was something like, hey, is that a bullet journal? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: No, it's it's really just a, it's not really a specific journal, but it's more of a journaling system. You can Google it if you'd like. But I have this journal that I basically, it's not necessarily like, let me write down all my thoughts and feelings kind of journal, although it can be that. It's sort of a to-do list slash sermon notes slash everything. It's sort of a everything journal. And the the bullet journal system helps me organize my thoughts so I can find things. Um, but one trick I've found just as a mom and as a person and a writer, um, something that helps me really celebrate my smallness in my everyday life is to take that journal that I use every day, the one that I take with me all the time, everywhere I go, and I just do a simple thing that I call a these are the days list. Um, and all it is, is I put these are the days of, and then I just do. Um, like bullet points. So it's not like high writing journal flowy. It's not going to be a blog post it's or any book, whatever. It's just a list. And I just write, these are the days of bullet, being the tooth fairy, bullet, watching Gilmore Girls reruns, bullet, uh, making spaghetti for dinner, whatever this day holds. I'll write it down. Sometimes it's lovely things that I want to remember. And sometimes it's weird feelings I have, like these are the days of not knowing who I am. Sometimes it's just good for me, um, especially someone who maybe writes to know what she thinks about things. It's good for me to put down Um, With my hands and paper, um, I know I could use like a fancy app. I'm sure there's like people will email me and be like, you should use this fancy app for the iPhone. I know there is that, but there's something really important for me and grounding about writing it down. Mm -hmm. And I can't explain to you how this works for me. I only can tell you that it does work. To keep me present in today, and to do it in like a non-fancy way, if that makes sense. Like these are this is our this is my simple day. I'll have my grocery list, da da, and then these are the days of blah blah blah. And then after that, I'll have like oh email so and so. It's really random and weird, but it, it's one little tip that works for me to celebrate my smallness at home.
0: And have you in the process of celebrating smallness? Um, has it? upended you in any way in the way that you think about what is big and what is actually small. I'm sort of leaning into something and wondering if you're thinking the same thing, but, um, you know, (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm just going to ask that question and let you go and see if any of your answers might connect with what I was thinking.
1: Oh, I feel like i' I feel like it's a quiz. It
0: is kind of because <laughs> I don't even know if the question made any sense.
1: I have lots of things I could say to that. Um one here's one thing that comes to mind, which probably isn't at all what you're asking. Um, but when I think about just to just to bring it down to like the real nuts and bolts of the idea of celebrating your smallness, I think about, like, you're going along and you're having this great day. And you get on Instagram and you scroll through and you see that someone has launched something on Instagram that's like, amazing. Or it's like, oh, my goodness, they're doing this crazy awesome thing and I didn't know. And it's a surprise. It's amazing. Um, And it's like all of a sudden, your good day dissolves into dust. And you just feel like you don't even maybe realize why until later. Um, That Sometimes this happens to me. Like I'll see something. A lot of times it's on Instagram or on like social media or something weird. And I won't realize that I had like a little womp feeling, like a, <laughs> yes. like a wilted in my soul. And I don't if I don't stop to recognize it, it will filter into my day. And it's only until that evening sometimes when I sort of take a little time to look back on the day. Um, or in those, these are the days list, sometimes I'll do that at night and it'll come up then like, oh, I, I had a great day until lunchtime. What happened at lunchtime? And I'll remember what it was. And a lot of times it's something that someone else is doing. And what happens is that I, it, it, it's almost like comparison has made her way into my soul again. And comparison will always lead to one of two actions. It'll either lead me to compete or to, it will lead me to defeat. Mm. I'm either going to try to beat you or you're going to beat me. And when that happens, there's no connection. If I if we're comparing, we can't connect. And so to celebrate my smallness means to recognize what happened, to look it in the face. And then to choose instead to hang on to that small place of, yes, I am small. Yes, it made me feel small. But that's okay because that doesn't define me. And I can, in choosing to celebrate smallness, what happens is I'm able to freely celebrate others. And I don't know if that makes sense, but it's a real subtle, invisible shift that happens on the level of my soul. Um, and I'm, and I'm, the more I pay attention to it, the more I see it all the time in my days.
0: Oh, I totally agree. And for me, it's particularly with Instagram. I don't find it as much on Facebook or whatever, but on Instagram, I'll see somebody did something and, hey, that was maybe kind of like something that I was going to do, but they did it first <laughs> and they did it better and, and better. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're talking about having an internal kind of want, want. I think I physically do that. Like I, I just kind of slump and my head. It's goes like down. wilt
1: a little bit yes. like, oh, yes.
0: <laughs> but I love the idea of then, you know, just facing it and saying, you know what, I'm just going to celebrate, you know, however God made me. And and I found that it's in the moments. And I find, especially when maybe I'm putting my kids to bed and, you know, whenever I put my kids to bed, I just kind of like to lay in bed with them and snuggle with them and pray for them. And I often think, you know, after the busyness of the day, um, maybe it's even after I was at a conference and maybe I spoke on stage and something that maybe I'd always thought would be so cool. That I, I, I lay in bed with one of my kids and I'm just sitting there snuggling with them and I think, you know what, I would not, this is the penultimate for me. You know, yes. I would not trade this very moment. It in no way compares to any of the highlights of my life, you know, any other supposed highlights of my life. This, That's I would right. not trade it for an Oscar or an Emmy or anything. This is, this is small and nobody's going to applaud me for it or give me a a plaque or an award, but this, it just feels complete and perfect. Just those small moments with my kids or with my husband. And I think when we let go of that comparison uh, and that competition is when we can then really fully recognize those moments and how full they really are.
1: Absolutely.
0: A to the men, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So if you wanted your readers to take away one thing from this book, what would that be?
1: I knew you were going to ask me that.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I need to have that on the ready. Um, Well, I would say that this book is for someone who feels like their soul is being held hostage by hustle. And one thing to know is you're not alone. Um, And I think that uh, there is – a really beautiful experience that can happen when we're willing to push through that small place. Because like you said, it is in those beautiful small moments, but the truth is that life is filled with small moments, but they're not all beautiful. Um, but what can happen when we walk through uh, the smallness and and hold it in our hands is that I find that God, God often hangs out just on the other side of ordinary mm-hmm. and just beyond boredom. And— um, I have really enjoyed getting to know him there.
0: You know, I I love the idea of smallness because I've often thought that I want to live a life that requires Jesus. I want to live a life that is um, too big for me, that I can't do on my own, that I'm far too small for, far too um, unqualified for, and that I need him. We go to a church full of missionaries, and Mm -hmm. a lot of them— go to some really incredible places. And I've, I've sat in our, our you know, a, a Bible study group with people who talked about security cameras and spies and all these crazy things. And, and I think, you know, in my comfortable American suburban life, I want to find a way to be small. I want to find a way just to step outside of what is comfortable and what is normal and live a life that requires him. Um, And so I love that idea. And I really like the the whole idea of the bench, how just one, even just the concept of one small thing can create this really big shift in the way that people connect. And kind of a silly example for us, we don't have a bench, but I I got one of those kind of cheesy little, okay, I call it, this isn't offensive, I call it just a redneck swimming pool, just the little blow up. (laughs) I live in Texas. So it's just those little blow up pools. The neighborhood we live in is extremely hilly. And so there's no way we could ever put in a pool or probably even a hot tub in our backyard because it's just all hills. And so we got one of those blow up swimming pools. And it is amazing how it transformed our family. We spend so much more time outside and not sitting inside and i love that my kids read books but sometimes i feel like they read books too much and so <laughs> they get outside they leave technology they leave their books our dog is happier because he gets <laughs> played with i think we we've discussed our our dog issues um you know our dog gets played with more just it, it was like a 60 dollar pool that i bought at heb grocery store Mm-hmm. And it has really made a huge difference just in our connection and in the way that we spend our days. And so I just love the idea of a bench. And I would challenge just all the moms listening. What is what is that thing that might make that difference and, and build the connection just even in your home or in your neighborhood or whatever it might be? Maybe maybe it's a book club and you could read Simply Tuesday. Hey. Okay. Um, there are so <laughs> many ways just to create and build that bench and I just love the idea of doing that. Um, where can people find you online, Emily?
1: So I am at EmilyPfreeman.com. Don't forget the P, that's important. Um, and you can also find out more about Simply Tuesday at SimplyTuesday.com, where I have a really um, short, free four day video series where I talk about um, real practical ways to create space for your soul to breathe. It's sort of a a, um, a way to. It's a nice introduction to the concepts in the book.
0: I like that. I like simple walkthrough practical things. And really, honestly, when I got your book in the mail, even just looking at the cover and reading the back before I even started reading the book, there's just something about intentionally slowing down. Yes, there's something really powerful about that and that you can then notice just there's so many amazing things all around us. And so I highly encourage you guys to read this book. Emily's a beautiful writer. The concept of the book is really something so needed in our fast-paced society. And I encourage you to check out her book. You can get it anywhere books that are sold. anywhere 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 that anywhere books, are books that are sold. Absolutely. See you're the writer, <laughs> not me. I'm just a talker. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Emily, I'm so glad you could join us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. And everybody go check out Emily's book and her websites. I'll have all the links in the show notes as well. Emily, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast
1: gonna be a God day, a God day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a God day.